Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Before I start teaching, but I'm teaching on Seize the Day. And, you know, it's, it's going to go with what I'm going to share right now before I start teaching. When I came to the service, um, I saw Juan. And, you know, you may not have known it, they've, they've been gone for about a month because they went on vacation to go see her aunt in Las Vegas. They came back and had COVID. And so they were off work. They just went back to work on Monday, they, he told me. And he said, you know, and I asked him, well, did they give you, you know, a sick leave or anything like that? And he said, well, they gave us some hours and she's going to get some unemployment. He, he goes, I'm trying to get mine. But I thought, you know what, Them, Damien, they went through a whole month with no money. We didn't do anything about it. I apologize. And I'm not doing this because God told me. I'm doing it because my heart cries out. God, why do we let people right in our midst, our family, be pounced on, to be hit and knocked down? And I want you to stand up here. And I have $200 cash I'm going to give you out of my pocket. I don't even carry money. But ask God. I never carry money. This is God because... But I, I, God didn't tell me to give it to you. I'm giving it to you because I love you and I repent for not being there during the holidays for you guys and forgetting about you. I know sometimes we get so busy in our own lives and our own plans that so we forget about those around us. So I ask you to stand up here. I'm going to have our come up and pray over you. I'm going to bind the devil from stealing everything. All of them can come up. He's, he's stolen from you too much, too long, no more in Jesus' name. Whatever has been taken from you through this whole thing, it'll be restored to you. I know your health, but financially, because the devil's a liar and he can't have your stuff. And I'm not going to allow it in Jesus' name. This is just a start, but it's what I had in my pocket and I didn't have my checkbook on me. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Cash don't hurt. And I want some of you guys to come on up here and bless them. I don't care if you have $5, $10. Well, it don't matter. Slap the devil on the face on your behalf. I mean, for whatever you have. Here's another hundred. Hey. The devil's not going to take you down. He's a liar. I, I just felt this in my heart that we've got to get behind our, our family and stand with them. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. You can just hand it to me and I'll give it to them all together. Glory to God. And then, Pastor, I come up here because we're going to pray. Thank you. Thank you. Hey. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever it is, I don't care if you have $5, $10. Don't buy that coffee at Starbucks today. Come bless this family. No, thank you, Jesus. We put, we put money where we don't need to put it. Hey, here's a gift card. Hey, those are good. That'll spend. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. See, what the, look what the Lord has done. It was marvelous in eyes. Oh, we got money in a, a little cup here all ready to go. That was yours? Well, you're blessing your, this family. Hey, I can't even hold on to it all. Thank you, Jesus. I believe I declare your rent paid in full in Jesus' name. Yeah. Devil, you're a liar. Hallelujah. Let's pay her their rent. Let's give them groceries. Whatever it takes. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Hallelujah. Well, I know. Well, see, because God's blessing them. Because they're faithful. And she's been, they've been watching on live stream. They're faithful here all the time. I know there's more and more and more. And this is in all that God's going to bring into your lives. There's more to come. And art from the church, we need to do something. I never asked the church to do anything, but we're going to do something from the church. In Jesus' name, we'll work on that. We're going to do something. Hey, look at that. Devil, you liar. You can't have them. You can't have their stuff. And we're going to stand together. Like I said, we're going to beat the devil. Thank you. Good to see you, Maria. Yes. Well, look at, hey, look at these girls. These young girls. 
Get your kids involved. Teach your kids how to give. That's important. That's teaching them. Yeah. But you know, I just said, you know what? It just stirred in me that I can't let this go. The devil has lied long enough and he can't have your stuff. If you want to write a check, make it to Dion and Juan Lamas. Or ask her, leave it blank and let them fill it out. Praise God. <laughs> I mean, I meant the name. The name. Whatever, yeah. Endless. You know what? This is the time for many of you to step up. Prepare your, your, your mark tomorrow. Prepare for 2021. We won. Well, here's how you start winning. You start giving. You start saying, this is seed for my whole year. This is a seed. You have an opportunity, not just in the church, but to bless a family of God. Hey, we're going to do it. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Lord. So I'm going to have you pray over them. Sure. <laughs> and I'm going to lay hands on them. Yeah. Praise I God. I went to Brother Copeland yesterday. And, uh, you can join this one? And, no. Uh, Thank you, Jesus. I went to Brother Copeland yesterday, and uh, somebody walked up and said, Brother Art, we sure do love you. Here's $100. Hand me $100. And then, I was, and then as I was uh, coming in, somebody else said, here's $100. Somebody said, here's six, so I had the 260 oh. sitting in my wallet. Go ahead. I've got one more thing you know, to do. I thought that was going to be, as Brother Jesse says, she money. She don't know I have it. And so. <laughs> I but, found out. <laughs> but, no, oh. but that ain't true because I always show up, sure, because yeah, we tithe off of that. Yeah, yeah, I so got to do that. So that's the tithe. That kid can't hold on to that. But, one more thing to you know, this is, this is so uh, valuable. I, now, I didn't know she was going to do this. She, no, I, just, I told him, I got to take the mic. I got I got was stirring in me. I had to get it. Move over. I got to take this. Yeah. And, you know, I, I felt like, I also felt like there's somebody here that said in their heart, oh, oh, thank you. I, somebody here, you said, I wanted to do this. I want to help, but I don't have the money. Who, who, who'll say that? You'll be honest and say, I wanted to give, but I didn't have any money. Nikki, is that you? Can you, can you come on up? Come up here. Somebody help Nikki up, if you will. I know it's going to be a lot for her, but she's got to do this. She's got to sow this seed because it was in her heart to. Whatever is in your heart to do. It'll be granted to you. It'll be counted to you. If you had in your heart you wanted to, but you didn't have the funds right now, ask God. And the Bible says he gives you seed to sow. It just so happens I have an extra 50 here. Hey, some money he didn't know I had. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but I thought, you know what? I'm going to bless somebody. It's going to be double sown. I'm sowing it. They're sowing it. Woohoo! That's the way to go. That's multiplication. Now, if you're, if you're watching us live, Come on, Nikki, keep, up here. keep in mind that this is how the body of Christ ought to function. This is how we, to, we honor God. I'm giving you this $50 we to do sow into them. This is what we Thank do. Thank you. Thank you Amen. for this your heart to show, give. This is how we function in this. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> well, you go and you sow that too, then you got a dollar. Oh, there you man. go. I see, it doesn't, it doesn't matter the amount, it's your heart to give. Releasing your faith to give and honor God and bless the family of God. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you, Nikki. Praise Thank you for coming up and doing that. But I knew there was somebody that was going to be here when I was sitting there. I had that in my heart. Nikki, I don't. Okay. Nikki, 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 Nikki. You, you sowed that 50, and as soon as you did that, the Lord said, write her a check for 500. So, so we're going to sow 500 into you. Okay. And you needed that. Man, you, the, this, this is the law. This is how this works. Ooh. As soon as you say, get right out of check for, for, for $500. Thank you, Father. So we're going to get you $500, Joanne and I. Amen. Now, this is why prosperity works. 
This is why you need to be prosperous. Amen. So that you can uh, sow. In, and this is good works. You don't do this for the purpose of work's sake, but you do this and, the, and God will take care of you, strengthen you, and you got a lot more years left on the inside. Amen. Don't listen to what they're saying. No, no, don't listen to what you're saying. Uh, don't allow this walker to cripple your mind and cripple your vision and dream and purpose. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. You, we, 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 we need you. Is there a way we can get a chair, put her up front here? I want her to All sit right, up front amen. this whole rest of the service. Yeah. yeah. Amen. amen. What, a, what a service. Ooh, amen. Hey, Thank you, Jesus. What a way Lord. to start yeah. off 2000. Amen. Yeah. Hey, praise God for it. Thank you, Lord. I was touching all that money. I'm going to put my hands on them. I don't want to touch them with, after, you know, touching money. Money, they say, is the dirtiest now, thing. all of it's in here. So when you touch it, you know. Thank so you I wanted so. to. Praise Before God. I lay hands on them. <laughs> I'll wipe my hands off. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is good. Yes. Amen. That's it. That's Amen. the Italian. God works miracles in finances. I tell you, if you just jump in, don't, don't let this pass you by. Get in. You know, see, I knew somebody had that in their heart. And thank God she wasn't ashamed to admit that she didn't have. That's Sometimes good. Most, we, most we, people don't admit stuff. People get ashamed of what they don't have. Don't be ashamed of what you don't have. Be thankful for what you do have. Yes. Ooh, glory. Hallelujah. That's good. Okay. Shut your hands out Thank you, way. Lord. Yes. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Father, in the authority of the <clears throat> name of Jesus, <clears throat> we thank you no, that can't have them. debt name. is destroyed. Oh, I bind debt in their life, and I bind that, that foul spirit back. of lack yeah, no will lack not follow them. It will not be a part you, of this yes. household. <clears throat> we are declaring in Jesus' name <clears throat> your will. <clears throat> is it the faithful abound in blessing. And so Thank we you, declare Father, it now in the name of Jesus. For good. Yes. Thank you. They'll increase and do well in school. Yes. In Jesus' name. You highly favor them in Jesus' name. Ooh, glory. Amen. Hallelujah. God for Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Be blessed. Yes. Our, our joy. We love you. Praise God, man. We, 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 we all love you. Yeah. We all, we all love it, man. We all love it. Amen. Thank God for you. Amen. Thank God. Love you. Love you. Love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Praise love you. God. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. We love you. Love you. Praise Amen. God. Praise God. It. Amen. That's Amen. right. We're a body ministry. We are. Ministry. We are. That, that's body. That's how we yeah, we're we're supposed Ooh, to operate. Glory. This Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna find this my place is the here. church. The Bible said over there in Acts chapter 5, and they had all things common. And none of them lacked in anything. But they all had things common. They were willing, they were willing to identify with it. It didn't say they all had the same amount. It said they had all things common. Wherever they were at, they utilized the same amount of faith. That's what they did. Now, they may have had different aspects of finances or whatever they had, but they operated on the Thank same level Jesus, of faith. Amen. So from that, not equal amount, but equal faith. Ooh, Lord, you put your faith out there, and, and God will begin to show up big. Amen. Well, go ahead. Amen. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I'm telling you. Glory. I'm ready. It, as you can see. 
Hey, thank you, Jesus. And I'm, I'm shaking with the power of God on me. So I don't know what he's gonna, else he's going to do, but I'm ready for miracles. Amen. It's time for miracle signs and wonders in this house, in Jesus' name. You know, another thing I think that stirred us is we sat and watched Brother Copeland this weekend. Pastor Nancy's at World Harvest uh, Friday night. I, did, I was home. He went Saturday morning, and then we were home Saturday night. And I, it, just, it just stirred in me. And I sat there and watched him laying hands on people. And I said, you know what? That's what we've missed this past year. Nobody's been getting hands laid on them. We're afraid to touch people. That's not right. And he just hugged them and loved them. And I mean, the anointing was so strong and people were being instantly healed by the power of God last night. And I sat there and watched that. And it just stirred in me because that's what we need. I said, that's, the devil has robbed us 2020 from being in the house of God, from laying hands on the sick, from operating in the gifts of the Spirit, the move of the Holy Ghost. So we're taking it back. And Jesus, we're going to seize our day. And if you'll seize your day, you'll seize your year. We can't, you know, we, we've got to move forward. Every day you decide who's in control. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm in control of my life, my household. My funds, my healing, I'm in control because God gave me the power and the authority through his word. Nothing can stop me. I stop myself. I keep myself. Man, I heard so many good things that Brother Copeland said. It just stirred in me so much. He even talked about when you drive, you know, when you go, if you go over the speed limit, you're breaking the law and it's wrong and you want God to protect you and, and, and your insurance to protect you. No, you've broken the law. I said, I repent, Lord. Sometimes I go with the traffic, you know, I go with the flow. So I didn't today. I didn't go over 65. I watched it. I made sure. Because, see, I, I'm a doer of the word, not just a hearer. You know, not that I speed. I haven't gotten a speeding ticket since I was, you know, I'm in the early 20s probably. And uh, that was because I was on my way to Solvain, and we were just off. He wasn't with me. It was with some girls. And we were just zooming to get, you know, on the open road. <laughs> Got a ticket. That's the last time. But, so I don't speed a lot, but just little things like that. Instructions, how important they are. And if we'll grab hold of those instructions and take hold of them, it's going to protect us. It's going to keep us. So you have to seize your day. Fear and worry give Satan permission to operate in your life. Fear and worry. It gives Satan permission to operate in your life. Don't give him your life with fear and worry. Stop it. Say, no, fear. You can't come here. No worry. I'm not going to allow it in my life. Because as soon as you do, you open the door to the devil and say, come on in. Go ahead and eat us up. Take my family. You know, destroy us, attack us, because that's what you're opening to. But when you open the door to faith, oh my gosh, you allow God to come in. The Bible says that faith pleases him. So that's because it's, it's like I said last week, it, that's the currency of heaven is faith. Yeah. Let's spend it. Hey, so I'm going to give you four ingredients to seize your day. The first one to seize your day is faith. Hebrews 11, 1, I'm reading in the Amplified. Now, I didn't get a chance to give them my notes or get it up on the screen or anything. If they put something up, fine, but... Nothing was prepared ahead of time because I just found out I was going to do this yesterday. So glory. <laughs> so now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the convictions of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Whoo, man, when you move in faith, you move in divine guarantee. You have the t assurance, the title deed. That's Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, 
You, you, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical sentence. I think the where we miss it is we, we compare God to how people guarantee stuff. People don't keep their word. People say they're going to do something they don't do. And we think God's that way. He's not that way. Amen. If he said it, he'll do it. He'll do it. Whatever he said in his word, he'll do. If you'll take him at his word, he'll do exactly what he said. The scripture says he says that he's not a man that he would lie. Amen. If he said it, he'll do it. Hallelujah. Don't compare him to humans. Humans let you down and commit stuff to you all the time and don't follow through with it. But not my God. My God. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen his seed have to beg for bread. You don't have to beg for your provision. Why? Because you have a covenant-keeping God. He keeps his word. He's, a, he's more of a doer of his word than you are. Because it's his word. I mean, when he gives his word, it's so. It's fact. It's, it's solid. Hey, you can count on it. So get a hold of that. Hebrews 11. Seize your day by faith. Every day get up and at least have a, a word of the Lord in your mouth. Say, give God something to work on. Tell just get up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Because if he created it, then he has a plan and purpose for my life this day. Not just on Sunday, not just when I go somewhere. Even when I'm at home, he's got a plan and purpose. Praise God, he's working in me. But I have to seize my day with my faith and declare the word is working in me mightily to do his will and good pleasure. Because as I mentioned last week, faith sees the invisible. It hears the inaudible, and it speaks the impossible. Start operating in faith. Declare that the word that you see into the invisible realm. You see into the future. You see God moving in your family and your, your behalf. See it by faith. Hear it. Hear your family praising and worshiping God, even if they're not doing it now. Even if they don't have a good word to say about the Lord, you, you get up and say, I need a Kleenex. Um, get, get up and say something about them. Instead of complaining about them, then you're going to have what you're complaining about. That's, you know, your words are powerful. You know, they should be yes and amen. They shouldn't be contrary. I don't ever see my son not serving God. I don't ever see him not fulfilling God's plan and purpose for his life. He might not be where I want him to be, but God's got his ear. And God is speaking to his life. God is turning his life around. I don't care what he thinks he wants to do, going to do. He's going to do what the word of God says he's going to do. And I call him a man after his heart. And I'm not talking about Brent. I'm talking about my other son, Joel. He's not here right now, but glory to God. He, Jesus is at his, at his door knocking. He says, if he'll open it up, he said he'll come in and have fellowship with him. God, God is there knocking at his door, and he has to answer, yes, Lord. So you have to get a hold of that by faith with your family this year. Expect them to receive Jesus this year. Expect a turnaround, no matter how wicked, how awful they are, no matter how sin. Sin is sin. There's, we, we were raised in a church where there was degrees of sin, mortal and venial. I don't get it, but that's how it was. Like if you get, I think it's, venial is small, a small sin. Mortal if it's real bad. <laughs> but anyways, I won't go back to that. Thank you, Jesus. But uh, you know what? Sin is sin, so it doesn't matter. But sin is forgivable. Just call upon the name of the Lord. You shall be saved. That's all they have to do. They're just one step away from the salvation. No matter what they're living in or doing, the devil can't have them. Have them. I always declare this. The seed, my seed, and I'm righteous. The seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Deliverance comes to my household. And I don't care what anybody says about him. He's delivered in Jesus' name. 
And that's what I say. I'm going to have what I say about my household. So again, faith, it sees the invisible. It hears the unaudible. Here in your spirit. Like I said, I can't tell you that God said do this. I had a, I had a compassion in my heart. I, had, I thought, I want to do something. Why can't we be sensitive to our own spirit, man? You know, we're, we, the spirit of God dwells in us. Why can't we speak and hear that and do something? And said, I'm just waiting to hear from God. But you know what? Start hearing from yourself. Start doing things by, by the Holy Ghost speaking to you. He's in there. He says, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. It says, that by the Holy Ghost, you'll be led and guided. And I said, I've got to do something. I can't just sit here and not do something. I said, so I told him, give me the service. I've got, to get, I've got something I've got to do. I can't hold it. I've got to get up. i got to do. You know when you're anxious and you're excited to do something? You don't want to sit there. I go, let me have the service. I've got to go. I've got to get this off of me. It's on me. strong. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So when, uh, when faith is applied, it will fund you and it will employ you. There you go, Lama's family. Faith is funding you and employing you. Thank you, Jesus. And everything be paid back and more in the name of Jesus. Uh, Proverbs, tw- uh, okay, that's number one. Number two <laughs> is you seize your day through wise counsel. And I'm going to read Proverbs 2, 4 through 6 in the Amplified. It said, for by wise counsel you can wage your war. And in abundance of counselors there is victory and safety. Wage your war by counsel. Get the counsel of the word. Get the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Get the counsel of your pastor as he preaches on Wednesdays and Sundays. Don't let it go where weeks and weeks and you don't hear what the man of God has to speak and say into your lives. Make sure you're listening, reading books, receiving CDs and tapes and listening. Every service you attend or whenever you hear the word, you're being counseled the wisdom of God. How valuable and important that is. Let's seize the day, our day by saying, I'm going to be in the house of the Lord. No COVID's going to keep me away. No devil's going to stop me from coming and getting the word of God and getting hands laid on me or whatever I have need of to, be, to minister and receive what God has for me. So every service attend, expecting God to touch your life. So don't receive words that are contrary uh, to and contradict the faith you are hearing. So, you no, know, we said faith comes by hearing. So don't receive... Don't receive even ministers or people that speak contrary to the word of God. There's not everybody out there is speaking according to the word. They're telling you, oh, may, yes, maybe. God doesn't say yes, maybe. He says yes and amen. He doesn't say no. When it's, uh, when it's, when it's based on the word, he, he confirms his word. So when people are saying, oh, maybe God will heal you, oh, just shut it off. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I know Brother Hagin used to say, spit out the sticks. I say spit out the whole thing and just throw it up, get rid of it. If you heard some stuff that's contrary to the word of God you're, you're used to having preached in your church, you got to walk away from it, turn it off. I won't listen to stuff that is speaking stuff that's contrary to the word. Here, listen to Christian songs that don't have any faith in it. I'm going to protect my heart. I'm going to protect my life because I'm seizing my day. I'm giving you some advice how to seize. I'm giving you counsel to help you seize your day. You will judge your life accurately and you will discover the right course for decisions ahead of you by getting wise counsel. You will have courage to correct yourself through the counsel of the Holy Ghost and repent and move forward with no shame. You know, just ask God, ask the Lord, Lord, show me, is there anything that's not right in my life? Correct me by the Holy Spirit. Show me anything that I'm doing that's wrong with things I'm saying. Maybe if I'm holding unforgiveness against somebody. 
I've got to get rid of it because that's going to hinder the word of God from working in my behalf. It doesn't hinder that person that I'm holding unforgiveness to. It's going to hinder me. I need to let it go. I used to say this. They say, yeah, they're out. I used to say they're out at Disneyland, but they're not. <laughs> they used to be. They're out at the beach. They're out, you know, they can't hardly go anywhere to go anyways now. But they're out doing their own thing. They're not thinking about you. Why think about them? Why carry them on your back? Why walk around with the weight of somebody that did you wrong? You know what? If they did you wrong, they probably did 100 other people wrong too because that's, that's their nature. That's their life. That's the way they are. You can't change it. Only God can change it. But you can change you. You can say, you're not gonna, I'm not holding on to this. I'm not, I'm not going to allow somebody who's done me wrong because God is my avenger. God will protect me. God will see me through this thing. No matter what has been said or done against me that's a lie, God will show the truth. And I'll prevail and truth will prevail. We've had people lie about us. And, you know, you want to defend yourself and say, how could they say that? They don't, they don't know me. They've never even asked me if that's true. People can say all kinds of stuff. And they, as long as they put it out there, people believe it. But you, you know what? You've got to believe the truth of what God has said about you and start speaking that. And, and whatever they've said, let it go. Say, okay, 20, 21, I won. You're not going to double. You're not going to win over on me. I'm not going to allow somebody's words to pull me down, tear me up. Keep me from fulfilling God's plan and purpose for my life this year. Oh, no. So have courage to correct yourself through counsel by the Holy Ghost. Sometimes that inner witness that God will speak to you. Let this go. Stop this. Do this. Don't do that. He'll, he'll guide and lead you, the Bible says, into all truth. Hear the voice of God. So another, number three is you seize your day when you stay focused. Walk and walk in integrity. Stay focused. Where are you headed this year? What are you doing? Don't say, que sera, sera, what will be, will be. No. It's going to be what I say it's going to be. Yes. It's going to happen what I say it's going to happen in Jesus' name. I'm going to have what I say. Right. We've got to get bold about it. Stop, stop just, you don't need a New Year's resolution. You need a God solution. <laughs> a, a plan, a purpose. What, what am I going to do this year? To, to do something you know, fruitful and productive. What am I going to do this year? Thank you, Jesus. You know, many times people, we plan a year to go on a vacation and in hotels, you have to, reservations, airfare and all that. But how about our life? More important, what are we doing to plan for our life this year? It's a new year, it's a new day, you know the song, a new dawn. <laughs> it's a new day. Hey, let's do something with it. <laughs> hey, I can't remember the rest of it. Okay, but Proverbs 11, 3 through 5 says, the integrity of the upright shall guide them. But the willful contrariness and crookedness of the treacherous shall destroy them. Riches provide no security in any day of wrath and judgment. But righteousness, upright and right standing with God, delivers from death. The righteousness of the blameless shall rectify and make plain their way and keep it straight. And the wicked shall fall by their own wickedness. That's Proverbs 11, 3 through 5, as I've read it out of the Amplified you're more important aren't the riches it's your faithfulness it's your integrity your integrity will get you things that money can't get you your integrity will cause favor where nobody else has favor walk in your integrity that's what it's saying the integrity of the right upright shall guide them let your integrity guide you this year determine that that's your priority to walk in integrity to be a man and woman of integrity and be focused on the, the right things of God, the things that, that change your life, the things that you have need of to fulfill your, God's plan for your life. So 
go forth and say, I am a righteous, blameless person, and God is making my way right. And those wicked people, whatever they're doing wickedly, they're going to fall. They're going to fall. I remember there's one scripture that said, they're going to fall into their own hole, their own trap. It'll overtake them. Not that you want that for them. Pray for them. Pray Pray in tongues for them so they don't have that. We've done that before. When people have done us wrong or harm, we just pray for them and pray, God, you said touch not mine anointed. And they've touched us with their words, but in Jesus' name, may it not come to them or their children. I, I, I pray the, you know, the mercy of God for what they've said or done. I don't sit there and try to get it even. You know? So do things out of conviction, not out of convenience. What are you convicted about? Not because it's, do you go to church just because it's convenient because we're around the block from you? You know, it's convenient time, day, whatever. No, you go because you're, you have a, a conviction and a desire to get in the house of God. No matter where we move, where we go. Many times the churches, people will tell us, the pastors will tell us, yeah, I just moved a block away and I lost 100 people. Well, that shouldn't be. You're assigned to, like I said last week, you're assigned to your pastor just as he is assigned to you. Where he goes, I will follow. In Jesus' name. Wherever God leads him and takes us, I'm going too. In Jesus' name. So, so many people uh, choose to lie and cheat, uh, living in unforgiveness. But for those who walk in their integrity, they will see the blessings overtake them like a wave of glory. Let that, let that wave overtake you this year. Do things that are of a conviction, not convenient. Well, when you are a person focused and of integrity, you aren't jealous or envious of what others have. I don't want what they have. I don't know what it costs to get it. You know, so why would I be jealous of it? They could have lost everything. They could be in debt. I don't know. They always say, oh, you've got to keep up with the Joneses. Well, then I heard someone say, no, but the Joneses are in debt. You know, so, you know, be happy where you are. You say, but I don't have a new car. Well, you don't have a bill, do you? So, see, what, you know, da, da, da. Well, you'll get the scale out. Measure, you know, what's more important? Be free and happy and not have debt? Yes. Feels good to be free and happy and out of debt. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. God's been good to us in 2020. And he's even doing more and more this year because I'm expecting more and more this year. I said, it's, get the hold of the scripture that says that increase shall be in my house. Amen. That he fills my house with treasures. He gives me a supply, overflow. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's good to us in 2020. And the devil couldn't touch us because we wouldn't let him. We wouldn't speak fear. We wouldn't speak doubt. We wouldn't speak unbelief. We just wouldn't loud in our mouth. That's why the devil couldn't touch us. I like that. He, he can't touch you. He can't have you. He, like I said, we're off bounds. We're covered by the blood of Jesus. We, we're, we're walking examples that the word of God works. We saw God increase us in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of lack. But we kept giving, we kept tithing. We never stopped anything. If anything, we did more, expected more. I expected more so I could tithe more. I expected more so I could give more. I didn't back off because whatever the news was saying, you know, everybody's struggling. Not everybody's not struggling. Pastor Nancy said last night, when I, I think it was last night when I was watching her, one of the services, she said they increased last year to over 200,000 more than the year before in their church. I said, that's how to be. We ought to be increasing. I think we did too. Oh, glory, 67,000, not bad. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. See, why shouldn't we? Why shouldn't you increase in your household? 
And you know, when attack comes, like I said, they got attacked at the end of the year, but we, we're not going to let the devil win. No, in Jesus' name. He can't, he can't have our brothers and sisters. You've got to put a stop to that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. So when you're a person of uh, focus and of integrity, again, you're not jealous and envious of what others have, but you expect God to take care of you. I'm an only child in God, so that means I get everything. <laughs> He's so good to me. He says, Joanne, whatever you want, because I'm, I'm at his door knocking all the time and telling him what I want and what I expect and what, you know, so he, 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 what can he do? For what is that, impopped opportunity or something like that. He, he has to, he says, oh, I, she's bringing the word. What can I do? I got to do what the word says. I, get, I put it, gave it to her. She's learned how to use it. So I got to treat her like my, uh, his only daughter. The rest of you, oh, well. <laughs> you know, me and God, we're the majority. Hey. So, you know, you got to get that way. I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to wait in lines and see if God answers me. Um, Get in line like I'm waiting in line for Santa. Oh no. Me and God, we're 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 here. I'm telling you. He sees me every day, I see him every day. I talk to him, he talks to me. I'm not talking to empty space, I'm talking to my God. And he speaks to my heart. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. In a stranger's voice they will not receive. I don't listen to the devil. Put the hand, Leo, the old statement, talk to the hand. Because I ain't listening to you, devil. You have nothing I want, and you can't have anything I have. Whoo, glory. So again, stay focused. Proverbs 20, verse 7 says, The righteous man walks in his integrity. Blessed, happy, fortunate, enviable are his children after him. Okay, Brent Tajan, take a hold of that scripture, Proverbs 20, verse 7. Pastor Art and I, your parents, we're righteous, and we walk in our integrity. So you have a right to say that you're blessed, happy, fortunate, enviable because you're our children glory to God expect it expect your children to walk in even greater abundance and increase on this land than you ever did amen so oh here's one more I gotta ooh, I'm gonna take up too much time here this one's a little longer because I'm gonna kind of tell a, a, a Bible an account seize the day with an excellent spirit and that's what Daniel Daniel 6 verse 3 and 4 I'm gonna I'm gonna read some of it and then some of it I'm just gonna share it and that way it'll be a little quicker. But it says that Daniel was distinguished above the presidents and the satraps. Now that's kind of weird, traps. I mean, you watch what they do. Because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and the satraps sought to find accusation, um, occasion to bring accusation against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find no uh, occasion or fault. For he was faithful nor was there any error or fault found in him. See, they, they hated, they were jealous because of the favor he walked in. But he had a right to that favor because he, he did what he did, he prayed. So they said, no, we can't get him, he's not doing anything wrong. Well, how can we get him? So they, uh, they got the king to sign a decree that you couldn't pray for 30 days to any god, but first had to pray to the king. And they got the king to stamp it with his seal. Uh, then the king went to his palace and passed the night because they what they did is they told the king oh Daniel he's praying to God well isn't this interesting even though this declaration was made Daniel didn't close his doors and hide he opened his doors watch me now you know what he prayed he still continued to do what he always did 
right. See, so if you always came to the house of God, people watching by live stream that come to our church that aren't in our church anymore because of fear, you, you got to get back in the house of God. No fear here, no COVID here. In Jesus' name. You know? You, you got to stop letting the devil bombard you. I got to stay home. You don't stay home when you go to the market. You don't stay home when you go to Walmart. You don't stay home. I mean, I can tell you a hundred places you go. I see the streets. They're full of people. People haven't stopped anything. Okay, go to church. I don't get it. Well, what does church have that keeps you from, you know, coming and getting in here and getting under the anointing? It's a lie. Daniel wouldn't stop even in the decree. He said, you can't do that. Oh, yes, I can. When they said, when one man in our government in California said, you can't do this, he said, oh, yes, we can. We, we have a higher calling. A, we answer to a higher law. Do not forsake yourselves to assemble together, as the manner of some is. It's not our manner to miss the house of God. It's not our manner to miss in the, being in the presence of God and worshiping him. So we're not going to, in Jesus' name. So, so they got the king to sign this decree. And he did it. But they had a, a means of going against Daniel. That's why he, they did it. The king didn't know that. They trapped him. This is the traps. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music or dancing girls brought to, before him. And his sleep fled from him. He was so upset because he realized what he had said caused him to have to do something against Daniel. And he couldn't even sleep and he was fasting. He he was like so upset about this. What could he do? It says, and when he came to the den and to Daniel, he cried out in a voice of anguish. The king said to Daniel, oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, is your God whom you serve continually able to deliver you from the lions? Whew. Verse 22, my God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent and blameless before him. And also before you, O king, as you very well know, I have done no harm or wrong. If, I'm telling you, take a hold of that. If, if something's been said or done to you wrong, God will make it good. Yes. He is your avenger. He's, he's the one who, he's your advocate, the Bible says. It means he's, he's like, he's your attorney. He stands in the gap for you. But I was thinking of this scripture. You always see in the little Bible stories where Daniel's lying with the lions to sleep. No. Would you lie down and sleep if you were in a lion's den? I don't think so. I don't care how much you stood to believe. What did he do? He prayed. He walked the floor and prayed just like he always did. He did what he always did. He prayed. He fasted. He worshiped God. He did what he always knew to do. He didn't stop. So that's why when, when, the, when the king came and he was so afraid, he said, did your God save you? Well, of course he saved him. Of course he protected him. Why? Because he was found faithful in the house of God. Wherever he was, that was the house of God. He was faithful to God. He was innocent and blameless. He, said, he says, I was found innocent and blameless before him. And also before you, O king, as you very well know, I have done no harm or wrong. Then the king was exceeding glad and commanded that Daniel should be taken uh, up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no hurt of any kind was found on him because he believed. He didn't sleep. He believed and relied on, adhered to, and trusted in, the, in God. Then the king threw the men in who accused him. And it says in the scripture, 
they, they, the, the king threw them, their wives, and their children in the den, and immediately the lions ate them. See, you don't have to avenge yourself. God will see that everything works out for your good, turn things around for you. And Proverbs 22, 1 says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. I choose a good name. I choose loving favor and the hand of the Lord upon me. God will see to it that I have a supply and taken care of because I choose to make this name good, to make his name good in my life. I've chosen that good name, Proverbs 22, 1. It causes us to be reliable, to be faithful to our daily work. God will introduce us to people who have the power to bless us with favor. People will favor you and not even know why. They say, I don't know why I'm doing this for you. In fact, uh, Pastor Art went down to see Payman uh, Friday, and he said, I only do this for you. I have a lot of pastors that come here. He goes, and there's another pastor that I help out, and not help out, but bless in another state. He goes, but lots of pastors come here. But I bless you. And Art lays the hands and prays over him. He receives it. Muslim, glory to God, he's about ready to be saved. And Ed and Art were just there on Friday and prayed for him. Friday, right? Yeah, Friday. And you know what? But God has used this man to favor Art. Bless him. Shoes, clothes, I mean, high-end Italian stuff. Ties. Stuff you'd be paying thousands for. You can't even think about how much these things cost. And he doesn't charge him anything. You know, because he had shipped Art some clothes uh, for Christmas, and we didn't get it. And so the, he says, this happens a lot where these drivers steal the packages. He has to put a claim in. He goes, come down here so I can just give it to you. Hey, why not? So he did. He got blessed. And then when, when Ed was over the other day, the Lord impressed Art to buy Ed a suit. And so... Art went to the expectation to buy Ed a suit when they went to Payman's. Well, you know, he told, I guess told Payman that he was getting Ed a suit. And he went ahead and said, just, I'm going to give it to him. You just pay the tailor. Right? Yeah. Oh, he didn't know that? I think he oh, he didn't pay after all. He paid with his words. <laughs> he paid with the seed. But his intention was to give. See, if you have an intention in your heart to do what God tells you to do, God will give you seed to sow. He took him to the intention of buying him a suit, but Payman said, no, I want to bless him. I'll, I mean, he didn't say that word, I don't think, but he just says, I, want, I don't want you to pay for it. You just pay for the tailor. So there you go. So they both got blessed. <laughs> so anyways, glory to God. If you favor, uh, if you favor and in, have in favor and integrity, uh, you can't get something. It, oh, okay. If your favor and integrity can't get you something, it's not worth having. Let it go. Don't uh, do something that's illegal or wrong. Don't try to jump ahead of God and say, I'm going to make it happen. Let God and let it happen. Make it happen. Um, Proverbs 13, 12 says, Wealth not earned, but one in haste, or unjustly, or from the production of things for vain and detrimental use, such riches will dwindle away. But he who gathers little by little will increase his riches. That's Proverbs 13, 12. You don't need to go and... Uh, do the, what is it called, the lottery. That's, that's wrong. It's unjust. It's gambling. And you know what? They say that the people that win on these lotteries, within a couple years, they don't even have it anymore. Some of them end up dead because people kill them for the money. Some of them, they get stolen. Their family, these things happen wrong because 
It's not just. It's not right. So we, we shouldn't be a partaker of that. It's tempting. Ooh, a million dollars. Ooh. No, it's unjust. Ooh, now it's getting quiet. I guess that's stepping on somebody's toes. They got lottery tickets in their pockets. Uh huh. Well, my brother, he used to buy lottery tickets and give it to the kids. I wouldn't let him have them, but give them to him for Christmas. That's ridiculous. What are you tra- training your children? Oh, you know what? Brother Coben says something else that's really good right here, right now. Okay, it doesn't go with this, but I'm going to tell it anyways because it's good. Brent needs to hear this. Okay. He says, you know when you see kids and you give them and you go, boo, and you scare them? You're promoting fear in their life. You're going to get them addicted to fear. And when they grow up, they're going to want to watch scary movies. But what do scary movies produce? Fear. They're drenched in fear and blood and killings and death. And all we're doing, you're promoting that in your children when you scare them or run and hide and then jump out from the door thinking you're cute and funny. It's wrong. I said, oh, Jesus. I didn't do that, but I'm just saying, you know, some people do. It didn't even go with my notes, so that's free. Jeez. So, you know, you guard your hearts. Don't be watching scary stuff. Because stuff that, that promotes turmoil and trouble and, uh, and, and death. Why? why? That, that's contrary. See? Use wise counsel. Guard your hearts. Don't watch stuff like that. That's causing you to not be able to sleep at night. That's not right. You know? So, okay. So, I think I'm done, but I'm just going to review which ones I did so you'll hear it. Seize your day with the word of God by faith is applied to what you see, hear, and what you say. Seize your day by wise counsel. Seize your day by your focus and your integrity. Seize your day by having an excellent spirit. And these are the ingredients to win in 2021. I won. See, I'm, I'm at the end of this year, you're going to hear me say, I won. Hey, thank you, Jesus. So all that's for free. Thank you, Jesus. You're blessed. Love you guys. I believe you received wise counsel today and that you'll take a hold of this. And I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. I'm going to apply it to my life. I'm going to be doer because I want to seize my day. I, wanna, I want a new day, a new year. I want something different to happen this year. I'm expecting great things. So if I'm expecting great things, then i got to do great things. I can't have a, 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 a great things happen if I don't do anything great. So I have to do great things. Glory to God. Well, Pastor Art, I'll give you a few minutes. Glory. You can take it from here. A few minutes to go. Let's receive our pastor. Thank God we have a man of wise counsel. Love you. Let me take all this. Take all this. Ooh, thank you. Even my daughter-in-law clapped. Hallelujah. That's pretty good, huh? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, praise God. That was good. Now, uh, I want to uh, speak into something that she did earlier when she got up. It's a scriptural thing. And, and this is where we got to grow into. Hebrews chapter 5. When she was talking about this, she goes, you know, I didn't get a, a word from the Lord to, to give. Well, yes and no. Because this scripture will help us to understand that, uh, but uh, and, and well, let me let me let me give you the verse, and then I'll, I'll I'll share with you. Go to Hebrews, if you will, and let's look at the um, 
Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. Hebrews 5, 14. And it makes a statement, King James Version. And then I want to read another version to you. It'll clarify it, if, if we will. In the King James, it says, uh, are you all there? Hebrews chapter 5. Now watch this. It says in here that uh, in, in the scripture, uh, uh, let me see where I, I lost King James again. King James got to be found. Here it is. But strong meat belonged to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason have used their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, the verse of scripture uh, in, in um, uh, here in in another verse of scripture in, in uh, Philip's translation, it gives you a, a little bit more. It says, it says this. Uh, uh, let me see. There's a great deal that we should like to say about this high priesthood. But it's not easy to explain to you since you seem to show, since you seem so slow to grasp spiritual truth. He said, at a time when you should be teaching others, you need teachers yourself to repeat to you the ABCs of God's revelation. Then he said this, you become people who need milk diets. Cannot face solid food. For anyone who continues to live on milk is obviously immature. He simply is just not grown up and refuses to. Now watch this. Solid food is only for the adult, that is for the man who's developed by experience his power, to discriminate between what's good and what's bad for him. She sat there and heard something and discerned what was good. Why? Because she's an adult. Because she's on the meat of the word of God. So that meat of the word responded, said, I got to do something. It, it wasn't that the spirit of God said, I want you to, to do that. It was that the word in her compelled her to do it because she's solid. Now, if she was on the sincere milk of the word, she would have said, what about me? Why don't they give to me? They'd have come a whole different way in that. So when she was saying that, I, I had to to go to that verse of scripture in there while she was teaching and sharing. I said, you know, I was, as I was meditating on that, it, the words in her, but it's proving the adulthood. It's proving the solid milk, or the solid word that she's already living in. And that's why she could stand there with compassion pouring out. And, and the Bible said Jesus was moved with compassion. Compassion moved her. And that compassion, I got to do something. I, I got, I've just got to operate. So I've got to do this. And, and, so she, and she was there to hurry, hurry up. You didn't hear when she got up here. Her mic went on. Hurry up. Get out of the way. Let me, let me, let me do it. I got to do this. I was going to do some other. Get out of the way. Let me, let me do this. She, she was in a hurry to get this done. Because it was, because it was, it wasn't that the Spirit of the Lord was forcing her to do that. It was her own compassion, her own heart. Started doing that. But this is how. We pastor in adulthood. We pastor by the will of God, by the word of God, by the hunger that we have for the authority of the nature of God. Well, with the amount of time my wife left me there, she did a great job not complaining about that at all. Go over, if you will, and let's look at a verse of Scripture. I want to deal with something in, uh, with, with here. If we go, let's uh, go over, if you will, I believe to the book of Mark with me. 
And uh, let, let's go to something. And uh, I want to read several verses of Scripture, just tap into what she was saying here a little bit here. And um, as we go to this, you, this past year was an absolute total, for the world, a mess up. For the body of Christ, blessed. Because you can't, no, it didn't matter. Um, and we've got to realize this, is Jesus is not the president. Jesus is Lord. Jesus was never voted in. There was no electoral vote on him. His health system has never failed. Are you with me? He has guaranteed. Don't vote for him. He just guaranteed. I'll prosper you. And I will bless you. And I will keep you. And I have a superior army known as angels who are watching over you. They just weren't with you when you were babies and then you became like, you know, stop being a little chubby two-year-old and then all of a sudden they went back to heaven. No, they're with you right now. Amen. They're, they're with you right now. So everything about God. So don't get nervous over what you see happening in the government today. Amen. Don't get nervous and worried over that. Amen. Don't put your tongue to that. Don't, don't clap over what happened with the takeover of the Capitol. That's wrong. Every nation watched that. And they laughed because that was the first time they ever saw the United States act like a third world country. Act like socialism existed. It doesn't exist in our nation. It's trying to exist, but it will never exist. Why? Because God has blessed America. But uh, the thing about this is that the way this nation goes is how believers believe. And what we believe. And how we're believing on a regular basis. So we came out of this whole year of, of 2020, we came out of this thing uh, and come marching into boldly in this thing. Now, the scripture makes reference. Look, look at this verse of scripture, and uh, I want to take some principles out of this. I'm going to read you several verses. Go with me to Mark chapter 5. Notice, if you will, uh, if you will, verse 21. And it said this. Now, when Jesus was passed, was, was passed over again uh, by, by ship, to the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh to the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My daughter, my little daughter, lieth at the point of death. Now stop right there because we're going to continue this. This is what we could call bad. That is not good news. This is bad. The man came to Jesus. He had all kinds of opportunities to follow Jesus, to go to one of his journeys, to catch him on the road. But this time, I heard the doctors can't do anything for my daughter. There's nothing they could do, but I heard about this Jesus. Where is he at? And Jairus came to him, found him. 
So he didn't come because he loved him. He came because somebody was dying. He came out of desperation. Some only come to Jesus in a 911. And prayers are 911. They get into praise with tears of sadness, not joy, because of 911. They live in from emergency to emergency. Now, th- this isn't wrong. I mean, the man came to Jesus, but notice this. He came and he said, my daughter, he fell asleep. My daughter lieth at the point of death. And then he makes reference to this. Now watch this. And besought him greatly. Notice that word greatly. He besought him greatly. This was urgent with him. Saying, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. He said, I pray you, I'm asking of you, come, lay your hand on her that she may be healed and she'll live. He didn't in the past believe that, but he heard what Jesus was doing. And he said, I understand this. If you'll just lay hands, she'll live. But you need to come. You need to come. If you'll come and you lay hands on her, She'll live. That's my belief system right now. My daughter's dying. Nobody can help her. There's no way anybody can help her. So this is a bad situation. Now man's got this. He doesn't know if Jesus will come or not. He had no clue whether Jesus will come. He didn't know. But he went to Jesus. And he stopped him. And right now, in the next part of this, you know it's got to cause some excitement. And Jesus went with him. Now, now stop. And Jesus went with him. All of a sudden, my daughter's dying. If you'll just come and, and touch her, if you'll just come lay hands on her, if you'll just come and do this, my daughter will live. And Jesus stopped, changed directions. And the Bible said, and went with him. All of a sudden, something triggered on the inside of the man. He could see his daughter waking up. He could see her healed. He's got a new vision. Nicky got a new vision. What was now there? Now, I want you to catch this for just a moment. Very important. What the man saw and what the man said and what the man, the purpose for the man coming was surrounded by this. I have a daughter. She's young and she's dying. That's bad. That's a bad situation. Jesus, to me right now at this moment, is the only answer. So Jesus, if you come and put your hand on her, and if you will do that, she'll live. When he left his house, that was his mind. But in his, the mindset was, my daughter's dying. I have to get Jesus to respond. So I don't know how long it took for him to find Jesus, get into that crowd to get his attention. Jesus stopped what he did and turned around and, and, and the Bible said, and went with him. Notice Jesus did say this. How long has she been that way? How old are you? How old is your wife? How many children do you have? Is she eating? she throwing up? she vomiting? she have a fever? What's going on with her? 
This is what people, this is what believers do. They want to know all the symptoms. Somebody say, could you pray? Well, sure. What's going on? Well, this is going on. How long has that been happening? How long has that been going on? Did you take your temperature? If I come over, do I have to wear a mask? We, we go through all this without recognizing, and Jesus didn't do that. Jesus did, never asked the man any questions. Jesus, he just, the Bible said he went with him. Now, 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 this is very important. You catch this. So now the, the man, now watch this. Jesus is operating in faith. The man is operating in, in a natural faith, but he's also moved by emotion. I'm driven by the emotion that my daughter's dying. Now I heard Jesus is coming. My emotion went up. Now, now watch this. Now, now, and you know that a woman stopped him with the issue of blood. We all know. I'm not going to read all that, but you know she came. Jesus touched. She touched him of the garment. She got healed. Jesus stopped, addressed her, talked to her, and all that. And while he was talking to her, verse 35 says, While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which was certain. Now watch that word, certain. You ought to underline that. Certain, which means more than one. So you got you know, a few individuals that came and which said this to him, uh, looked straight into his eyes and said, your daughter's dead. All right, now, we went from bad to worse. Now, this, this just, Jesus is on the way. And even though Jesus is on the way, it went from bad to worse. Sometimes, while you're standing in faith, it may look like bad just went worse. Sometimes it may look like what you're standing in faith for looked like it was dying. And then you hear while you're still standing in faith, it died. That job died. That promotion died. That house is going to get lost. You're not going to have that, that car anymore. So and so and so in the family doesn't like you anymore. It could look like something died. It could get from bad to worse, and Jesus is still Jesus, and he's still with you. Jesus didn't walk away from Jairus. He was still with him. And the man stuck with Jesus. He saw, can you imagine? He's on my way to my house, and he stopped. And woman got healed, and he hears the whole thing. His emotions went higher. And right when that happened, excuse me, Jairus, your daughter's dead. His emotions went right, well, straight down. And Jesus Heard what was being said. There are times you're going to have a few folk that will talk to you and tell you stuff about what you're believing for is worthless. How long you been believing for that? What's going on? None of your business. And when you don't know what to say, just say, I'm working on something. I'm working on it. Man, Jesus is with me. This, this is what she was, Joanne was talking about. We have to have a righteous resolve. Now, this went from bad to worse. This, this is a bad situation that went to a worse situation. He didn't see his daughter except for the last time he saw her. She was probably on, on that bed and he saw her condition. And he used the term that she may live, which meant that I think she's going to die. To use it that way in his mind. So now he's hearing she's dead. 
Now, this is what she's here. And this is what you and I have got to, to, to realize in this verse, the principles that are in here. Now, watch this. I'm going to talk to you. I want to talk very briefly on this subject of authority. Now, watch this. Jesus, when Jesus, and, and, uh, and watch this. As soon as Jesus heard the word, as Jesus heard the word come from those men, those words did not register with why he was going. He had to discount those words. And he had to discount them not from those men, but from the man, Jairus, the father. Why? Because it was his agreement that Jesus was going to the house. If that man, if Jairus would have said, Jesus, it's over. Jesus would have went somewhere else. He'd have stopped. There are going to be things that are going to try to get you to back off your confession. Get you to back off your word. Get you to totally negate all that. Back away from it. And and we've got to recognize that. I mean, you know, when the Lord spoke to me, he said, buy it a suit. Well, we went. So when I went to the counter, did you hear? He looked at me and he goes, it's all done. It's all paid for. I go, excuse me? It's all paid for. You don't owe me anything. Now, we, we paid for the tailoring. And I paid for the tailoring on that. <laughs> all right? <laughs> you pay. Oh, he tipped the guy. And, uh, you know, but that, that was it. So I didn't buy his suit. I, I was going to buy his suit. But I get, I get the blessing as though I did. Yes. So it's a counter done to me. I mean, before Christmas, he called me. He goes, I need to have the best Christmas I ever had, so I got to send you some clothes. So then when he, we didn't come, he said, I sent you a suit, brand new shoes, shirts, ties. I sent you belts. I sent you all that stuff. I expected, I expect, he, here's the word he used. He's, he's learning. I expected a harvest. Now, when a Muslim man starts telling me I believe in God for a harvest, we walked in the store a while back, and I walked in, and he's got long hair, and, and you know, and and he's a, you know, he's Persian, or you know, so and so I, I you know, I, I looked at him, I go, oh, they left Jesus at the counter. I go, oh no, no, I'm not Jesus, but I do walk by faith and not by sight, and I see the invisible and I do the impossible. I learned that from a preacher, and he pointed at me. <laughs> he's talking now. Well, we, before we left that store, we grabbed him and, laid, and prayed with him. And, man, he hugged me. I went to shake his hand. He hugged me. Man, he held me tight. Pulled me close real tight. I mean, but see, this, he was dealing with, he started telling us how many people had stolen all kinds of stuff. And for him, it went bad to worse. But when you live right and come into things right, oh, man, it's a whole different story. Now, watch this. As soon as Jesus heard the word, that was spoken. He said to the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. In the midst of COVID, be not afraid, only believe. In the, in the, right in the midst of terms they're using like furlough. Be not afraid, only believe. You got to learn to, to declare that. I'm, no, I, that's not me. I'm, I'm not going to go that route. I believe. I'm standing on this word. Now, now watch, watch what he did. Be not afraid. Now, here's what he did not do. Here's what Jesus did not do. 
Father, I pray for Jairus right now that he wouldn't be afraid. Father, he's a good man. I just met him. Don't know much about him. And even though I'm led of the Spirit and I only do those things I hear my father say, help him. His daughter just died. What should I do? This is not what he did. That's what most Christians do. That's what they did. What did Jesus do? Jesus turned around and heard death and said, do not be afraid. Only believe. Why did he say that? It's called authority. It's called walking in divine authority. When you walk into authority, there are times you don't pray. You live in your authority, so you say. And you have to address those issues. You speak to that. There are times you, you have to pray. But this is not what he did here. He looked straight at that man, not at the other man. He looked straight at him that heard the word. He heard, he, Jairus heard the same thing Jesus heard. But Jesus addressed the fear. Because the moment he heard that, man, that fear. Now, now think about it for just a moment. What would, it, what would you have done if that was your child? And then all of a sudden you understand that woman stopped Jesus. And it took all of maybe who knows how long. And we could have kept walking and been at the house. If that woman wouldn't have stopped Jesus, maybe my daughter would still be alive. You got to deal with emotion. Amen. I mean, you know, we're watching this and we're seeing this. Joanne, God's not going to take from you one. Dion, God's not going to get up here right now. I got some money I'm going to get. And somebody could be thinking, well, what about me? What about my household? What about, what about me? Instead of saying, my God, if God would do that for them, what would my God do for me? And I've oftentimes said, if they're in line and God just blessed them, I'm in line too. I don't know where I am in the line, but I'm in line. I may not be second or third, but I'm in there somewhere. I may be one down the 105, but I'm in line and I'm going to get mine in Jesus' name. It comes to me in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is what you got to believe instead of getting jealous or getting upset. Jairus, and he suffered no. Now watch the verse. Now watch this next verse. This is so crucial. Watch this. Verse 37, and he suffered or allowed no man to follow him. Save, or in other words, except Peter, James, and John. He took the nine disciples said, stay here, guys. Peter, come with me. John, come with me. James, come with me. The rest of you stay here. I don't need the rest of you to go with me. But the ones that he brought, he said, I'm going to train you in this. You're going to come with me in this. Can you imagine getting excited? I get to go with Jesus. We're on the way to to go now see a, a miracle manifestation. We're going to get there. And then you're excited that you're going. Then all of a sudden you hear the woman died. Now you're thinking, why did he select me? Why couldn't he have chose somebody else to go to do that? <laughs> Are you with me? I mean, you, you got to think these guys were not dealing with this. The emotions behind all this. 
This is what people miss right here. Peter, James, and John were being trained in ministry out of discipleship. People want ministry without discipleship. And, and, and they, they struggle with that. I don't know how anybody in their right mind, other than being demonized, can think that they can start a ministry and never serve in one. Or serve sporadically. Your ministry is born out of a place that you don't leave your heart from. And, and this, this is vitally important, but that's a whole different message. Now, he cometh to the house, about this, and the ruler of the synagogue, and he seeth the tumult. In other words, he saw the mess going on. Now, in this time culturally, in this time period, uh, if you were really wealthy, study the history on this. If you're a really he- well, health, wealthy person, you would hire a bunch of people to cry. And they were referred to, and they were doing this, as mourners. You would hire them to make the person that died special. And they would hire these mourners. So these people weren't related. They were paid. So he comes into a crowd of, ah! She's only 12. Only 12. I know. Only 12. Oh, my, my. Only 12. 12. Ooh, so young, so young, so young. Shouldn't have happened to somebody like her. She was so good. Ah, Jesus walks in and looks at this mess. This way, and, and it wasn't foreign to him. But he walked into that. And what he did next would offend all kinds of Christians. I've kicked people out of hospital rooms. Oh, yeah, I've kicked people out of hospital rooms. Because you have to. If you're going to get God's job done, you can't have a bunch of of Christians in there that are carnal-minded who didn't talk to them for years, and now they passed away and they're in there crying. Maybe you're crying because you weren't in their will. I don't know why you're crying. Maybe. Now watch this. He come into the house, synagogue, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith, why do you make this ado and weep? Now watch this next statement. This damsel or this young girl is not dead. Now watch this part. She's asleep. She sleepeth. Now, why could he make that statement? How could he make this statement? He said it out of several reasons. One of them was the authority level. Jesus never went with the man to deal with death. He went with her to deal with life. Jesus doesn't come to your house as the healer because of sickness. He comes to healing because you're a vessel fit for the master's use. Because your body is fearfully and wonderfully made and sickness and disease doesn't belong in it. And God, who is absolute love, 
cannot and will not tolerate any virus or any pain or any discomfort or any disease in your body. So he comes out of love. He doesn't come because of sickness. And he deals with that sickness from that standpoint. So he looked at them. They were weeping and they were crying and they were going on. And he said, listen to me. He had to shout that because, ah, stop it. And some of them wouldn't, so he had to get loud. Just read the verse, red letter edition. Jesus did come in. Excuse me, excuse me, everybody. Excuse me. <clears throat> excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me, please. Excuse me. Ma'am, ma'am, excuse me. No, he didn't do that. They're screaming, they're shouting. And Jesus, this damsel's not dead. She's asleep. She sleeps. What was he doing? He was looking into her future, not the present. He was looking at her from a whole different perspective. Wasn't looking at her from natural. Was looking at her from a perspective from the natural from a from a spiritual perspective. He had a different view of her. Now, you remember over there in the book of Genesis? And uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis 1, verse 26 makes the reference, and he said, let us make man in our image, and let us make man in our likeness. And then he uses this word, and let them have dominion. Remember that? Let them have dominion. Now listen close. Where were Adam and Eve when that was stated? Physically, where were they at? In the garden. He said, let them have dominion. And then it says this. On earth. Let them have dominion. Earth is mentioned. Let them have dominion. And then he lists what they were supposed to have dominion over. And they didn't exercise their dominion. And they lost it. We know the story. Now jump over to, if you will, mentally over to Matthew chapter 28. And Jesus said, all power has been given unto me. And then he adds this. In heaven. And in earth. Go ye. Now, all heaven, all earth. Adam's dominion was on earth. Our dominion is heaven and earth. So that whatever you bind in, whatever you bind is bound in heaven, bound on earth. Your authority reaches into heaven. Their authority was only on earth. Your authority is greater. And that's why Jesus did not pray for Jairus. He used his authority to handle it. There are people praying over their bodies when they should be using the authority. This is your vessel. Take authority over it. When you feel something going on, no, not in the name of Jesus, not in this body. Father, I, right now, I stand in my, my grace, I stand in my authority, and I declare my body well, healthy, and strong. COVID-19 will not live here. Pneumonia won't live in my lungs. I do not have a weak immune system. Strong in the authority of the name of Jesus. I will not have any blood diseases. I'm not going to give in to 40 over the hill. Amen. I'm not going to talk my age. 
and use that as an excuse to get weak. See, if you don't start doing this now, if you don't start doing this now, you, you got to start declaring every day, I shall live and not die and declare the worst glory of God. Every day you got to declare, I, I will, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to live and not die and not just exist. I'm going to live. I'm not going to die. I'm going to live under God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to allow God's glory to flow through me. Amen. This is what we've got to do. Joanna, this is what we've got to do. So the, the, the area of this whole thing is what you and I have got to realize is that this authority is here. God has given us authority. You have authority to rule and reign. And the Bible said that when he did this, he walked over and he didn't pray for the little girl. He didn't do that. He didn't pray for that little girl. Look at it. The Bible said he grabbed her by the hand and said, get up. A command. An authority. A command of Almighty God. This same Jesus that you've served all these years is the same Jesus we're talking about who will keep you and protect you and watch over you and your family. Oh, man. So cool. In the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. This is how you and I function in this world today. With this authority. We function with this. With this. We talk it. We say it. We decree it. This, this, this is what we ought to do. Come on, put your hand somewhere on your body there. If you've got pain somewhere, put your hand there. Say this. In the name of Jesus. I take authority over my body now in the name of Jesus. Body, get in line with the Word of God. Heart, be well. Blood, flow right. No diabetes, no high blood pressure, no blood diseases in this body. My lungs are, are healed. I do not have, will not have, Pneumonia. I will not have a weak immune system. I am healthy, strong, so that I may run this race and do it for Almighty God. Oh man, this is what you and I've got to do on a regular basis. Amen. Now, see, some will take that lightly. Some will take that extremely lightly. You know, and so uh, there are people saying. I can't wait till they get that vaccine for the virus. That's how I take it. Well, why don't you take Proverbs chapter 4 that quick? It's the medicine. It's the medicine. Dr. Jesus has showed up many years ago. And Dr. Jesus said, you were well, healthy, and strong. He was wounded. Your doctor wasn't wounded. Your physician was wounded. He may not be there next year either. They may change all that kind of stuff. Don't get mad at me. Obama don't care. Jesus purchased. When Jesus hung on the cross, 
Prior to him hanging on the cross, they whipped my Jesus. 39 times the Bible said, save one. 40, they said, you'd die. They whipped him just close to death. And every stripe was for your health. Was for your healing. When they hit him, cancer died. When they hit him, mental anguish died. Suicidal tendencies died. Every time they hit him, it was for your benefit. It was for your blessed state. Then they took him and they put a crown of thorns on his head. Those thorns were almost about an inch, inch half deep. And they pushed him down into the crown of his head and blood poured down. Why? For the sanity of you. So that you don't have to live in stress and mess and frustration and feel so isolated like, I, I can't live. I don't know what I'm going to do. This whole thing financially and COVID is so bad, I'm going to kill my family and myself. That's wrong. That's wicked. That's disease of the mind. It's not God. Jesus died for all that. And he went to slaughter without saying a word. They hung him on a cross between two thieves. And one of them, remember me, the other one mocked him. Jesus gave up the ghost. He gave up his life so that you might become rich in all of the blessings and all of the benefits. Then Jesus came off that cross. They put him down into that grave. And he went into the lower regions of the dam where he was there for three days and three nights. Hell celebrated until the glory of God and the Spirit of God said, enough. And Jesus came through and said, give me those keys to hell, grave, and the dead. And he took those things. And the Bible said he paraded Satan all through the region of the dam. And spoiled all powers and principalities and rulers of darkness of this world. Came up out of that grave was seen of infallible miracles, signs, and wonders of over 500 people. Jesus did this. Mary said, let me tell you, no, don't touch me. I've not been glorified yet. Hadn't happened as of yet. And then after he comes back, he meets with them. And then while he's departing and he's going up in the air, he puts his hand out. Man, just lifting. Planes don't do that. People don't. He just lifted into the clouds with his hands up. Read the verses. He just didn't reach his hand up and go, hallelujah. Go into all the world. All this power, they were looking at him. All this power has been given unto me. Now you go. Heal the sick, raise the dead, make disciples of the nations. I've given you this authority. Now wait in the upper room till you be endued with power from on high. They'll back up the authority. And on the day of Pentecost, the sound of mighty rushing wind came in, filling all the house where they were all seated. They all all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. And the church was born. The church of the living God was born. And Peter stood up like a new man and preached and 3,000 got saved. And the beginning of the church got started. This is our inheritance. In authority is your God-given authority. It's your inheritance. It's your right. 
So we say to you, 2020 is over. The baggage of it's over. The bondage of it is over. The mindset is over. You got to shake yourself and get rid of any and all negative attitudes, lethargic, all this playing games must come to an end. He that endureth to the end shall be saved. Press in to the high calling for the prize that is set before you. Inherit that name. Receive that name, that name of Jesus. So that when attack comes, no, don't mess with me. I belong to Jesus and I'm marked with that mark. It's on me. And when you do that, the force of faith will instruct you to sow. You sow words. You sow time, talent. You sow into, into, into what your desire is. Do you, know, do you know why I get suits? Because I wear them. No, no, think about this. You know why nobody, I do not receive cowboy boots? I don't wear them. I don't want to wear them. If I was given cowboy boots, it didn't matter how expensive, I'd give them. That's why we've given 12 cars away. Thank you for the quietness. You can't give a car away unless it's paid for, unless it's yours. Amen. So we've given cars away. One time a family member said, we need a washer and dryer. I said, Father, I, we were living in, in, a, in, a, in Downey. Janet just, and I said this, Father, I'm calling in washing machines and dryers. I said, washing machines and dryers. And we ended up with three washing machines and three dryers. I said, I said it in the plural. And then two refrigerators came. And we got a stove. All this stuff was in our garage. I'm going, Joanne. And she said, well, you said, you, you said washing machines. And we've been developing our faith so the things come quicker now. So the things that I desire are the what's coming to me. That's why suits come to me because I wear them. I believe this, that this, God, this is me personally, that this gospel is so worthy of me preaching it with the same value God puts on it for me. That I dress accordingly. I am a representative of Jesus Christ. The absolute King of kings and Lord of lords. I was appalled when they prayed over Congress and they called. Amen and a woman. Blasphemy. That Methodist preacher going to hell. I hate to say that, but. How do you compromise and not call him God, the God that, we, that you might serve? Coward. In Congress, standing behind a holy seat in a holy place on TV, announcing this and praying this. Wrong. It's just as wrong for me to stand up here and say, well, maybe God said that. Maybe he healed that. He never prayed for the leper. He never did. Have mercy on me. Be healed. He didn't pray. Jesus prayed 
worked in the mountain. When he came down, he uses God-given authority. The problem with a lot of Christians is they don't spend enough time with God to get a revelation of their authority and walk in that. We need this God-given authority. Amen. And we've taken the back seat and gone the current emotional way of stuff. And that's why people lost it. Amen. That's why they've lost honor. They lost honor. I bathed my father-in-law. I have, to, I have to dry him off. And while I'm drying him off, I'm praying tongues over his back. Drying his legs and drying his back and praying in tongues. Amen. He's not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed. He's not ashamed. And I consider it an honor that he's still alive and I get to Rub his back. Somebody handed me a, a bag of, of uh, uh, peanut butter, br- uh, the brittle, what do we call that? Is it, and I don't really eat that. My dad enjoyed peanut brittle. And they gave it to me and I held that and I thought, that was my dad. And I thought about him. It was my first Christmas without him. He left planet Earth. He's already in heaven. And my first Christmas without him, I grabbed that bag and I thought, my dad. I thought about my dad on that. Because that was his joy, not mine. But the moment I took that, I grabbed that and I said, you know what this reminds me of? He's in heaven. My father's in heaven. And I didn't look up and say, look, dad, they gave me Peter. He can't hear me. He's not looking over heaven going, hey, I like that. Man, I wish we'd get rid of all that ridiculous traditions. Lies, a lie. You're not looking over or looking at, oh, peanut brittle. He saw Jesus. You think he cares about peanut brittle? You think he cares about that? He used to like to drink the big red soda. Do you think he cares about that anymore? No. No. But we, we, see, we try to naturalize all that. And it draws up an emotion of pain and grief. You got to let that go. Can't hold on to it. He's in heaven. I'm going. Not right now, but I'm going. He just beat me there. So what I, I do is I had to deal with my emotion. I, had to deal, I, I didn't go, Father, help me with my emotion. No. I grabbed that. No, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going there. I could celebrate his home. He went home. That's exactly what I did. I changed it. Amen. That little thing right there could have done it. There are people that suffer. And because somebody broke up with them or somebody divorced them and they go by the perfume or the, or the men's section of the cologne and they smell the fragrance. Oh, that reminds me, they get mad. <laughs> just just the, the smell of something. You got to watch all that stuff. That's grief trying to creep up inside. Live with your God-given authority. Well, uh, Jan's coming up next to preach again, and so, <laughs> you know, 2021 is going to be different. The last Sunday of this month, whether one of you comes, or if I'm the only one here, doesn't faze me. I got up this morning thinking about this, and um, three things that the Lord spoke about early this morning, one at three, one at five, and one at 630. But, um, but Sunday night, the last Sunday of the month, 
I'm going to have a Holy Ghost meeting. And I'm going to, I'm going to be teaching. So this, this, nobody else knows this but me. Now, now you all know. And, and, the, and the Spirit of the Lord said, deal, deal with that. I taught on healing on Wednesday night. And uh, at the as Wednesday night service, because as much as we have information on 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 medical situations, we are having some sick folk, and uh, and and so we we got to watch that. Debbie, I really enjoyed your book. The, the it was she wrote a book on healing, and uh, it was really good. And I was sharing it with Joanne, and. Uh, uh, and the different things that she had gone through her, her life. And it's her testimony of healing. But what I love about it, her book, was that, um, and Debbie, Sam's everybody can see you. This, this is Debbie. And she went to Rama and she worked for Billy Joe Daughtry out there in Oklahoma for the children's ministry. And, and uh, But she went through a lot of physical scenarios there. And she wrote a book on healing. And it's her testimony, but it's a book on healing. What I love is how she shared what happened, but saturated and sandwiched it all around scripture and testimony. Some people write just my pain. But she wrote it in such a spiritual way. It was, oh, man, I enjoyed that. I read that. I've read that thing a few times. So, But thank you. I just wanted you to see her. If you want to find out about the book, ask her about it. I, I do recommend it. I do endorse it. So, And so I, I appreciate that, that she did that. But I appreciate her being here. She was all that stuff has gone healing, and I'm thinking, well, what does she think about what I'm doing? But, but anyway, it's good. The thing about it is, is that we're living in times where we need to get healthy. I got to teach on prosperity again. This is important. I'm gonna have to teach on marriage. Got to teach on what the family unit is. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.